Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 337, and I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me, as always, from beautiful downtown Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? Pretty good. I uh, didn't realize I was downtown. Um, but, you are uh, now. I just I am now evidently. <laughs> yes. No, no, doing doing well. That's good. Yeah, that is good. that's that's very succinct. We're really trying to make these shorter. And we're, we're doing it. our we're doing our best. We really are. <laughs> All right. Well, as our second show of the week, of course, we're going to have a guest. Uh, we're actually going to have multiple guests on this particular episode of the Mainland Podcast. We're also going to have our preview and match predictions and key matchups for Orlando City against DC United a little later in the program. We're going to start off with a little topic. And uh, this is a topic we are going to be joined for by one of our platinum founding members. Uh, You guys who helped us win our independence, really win anything. They just cut us loose and we and we continued. You guys helped us continue. And so the Platinum Founders, you uh, one of the benefits is that you get to co-host a segment here if you choose to do so. There's no pressure. If you don't want to do it, we're not going to make you. No, of course not. So uh, we are going to be joined this week by Platinum Founder and Mainland Staffer, Ryan Smith. Ryan, how you doing, bud? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Long time listener, first time co-host. <laughs> that is absolutely 100% accurate. And you also have the best mainland podcast story of any human being. It lives on in lore. Um, yeah, my wife and I, well, girlfriend at the time, uh, if you've listened long enough, probably heard the joke, but I turned on the podcast on the way to a game because I had to finish uh, the episode, uh, which I don't know what that says about me having to listen to you two guys on the way from Melbourne to Orlando, but um, whatever it is, we, you know, we're married now and, and living here in Kentucky. So it's pretty cool. My yeah. favorite part is that you told her, um, when you picked her up, you're like, Hey, look, uh, we can't really talk. I got to finish listening to this. These two old guys talk about Orlando city while we're <laughs> on our way. Cool. And that was your uh, second date. Was that right? Yeah, correct. Uh, second date. And I guess, yeah, like, a, I don't know the fact that Melbourne to Orlando is about an hour to the game. So it could have went wrong in both <laughs> ways, I guess, there and back. But uh, ended up being a good match. And, you know, we we still watch every game together. And she knows um, most of the roster. There's always the reset with the who goes in and who comes out. And she doesn't quite keep up as much as we do with that. But, um, no, she's a respectable fan at this point. I think she I think she really loves the game. So that's cool. Awesome. Very cool. We're, we're going to go ahead and take credit for the wedding, but yep. not the move to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. If you're taking credit for the wedding, I didn't see any um like presents coming with your name on it or anything, you know. Yeah, that is true. Uh, as you know, we were Weird. we were saving up for uh for a new website. <laughs> it's all good. That's all yeah. good. No, um yeah, we are very uh, happy for you though. Yeah, fun, funny story, wild ride, and, and glad to have, I guess, uh, some weird sort of mainland marriage title with us under, you know, our email signatures. Ryan was one of those guys who every week would send in a question to our mailbag box. And eventually we were just like berating people to come and join us. And Ryan did. So, so that's good. Uh, Ryan came and joined us and started writing for us. And he takes care of 
Lion Links on Saturday mornings and also helps us with our game coverage a little bit. So we we're very, very happy that Ryan started uh, to ask us questions. So uh, don't, but don't let that scare you away. If you want to ask us questions in our mailbag box, please do. We won't hold it against you if you don't join our staff, but it would be a lot cooler if you did. I totally, um, I was somebody listened for years before I finally signed up and it's fun to get to write and, and dig down, dig in with the guys and all of that. So I totally encourage anybody that's thought about it to go ahead and give it a shot. Um, as they always say, if you can talk about soccer, you can write about soccer. So um, it's not all that hard. Give it a shot. There you go. That's uh, that's from someone who knows. I mean, you you don't have to take our word for it. And and we're old guys, but Ryan's not. So you can trust him. You don't <laughs> trust old people. Trust someone a little closer to your age. There you that's go. Right. And 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 today, Ryan does get to talk about soccer. That's true. That's true. All right. So we're here to talk in this first segment about Orlando city's striker position. Now this is a, it's a pretty hot topic amongst the fan base right now. In fact, our, our, uh, one of our listeners, Daniel Cluley asked us about it in the mailbag box. And I had to tell him, Hey, we've, we have plans to talk about that, but we'll give you a shout out and give you credit for the question. And he did ask us about it. And uh, here we are talking about it on a full segment. So Daniel, Thank you for asking the question. He asks, when all three are healthy, Cara, Maguire, and Enrique, who should be the starting striker? And I think that's a question that a lot of us are thinking about right now. And and part of that is because Ramiro has not yet scored a goal. Part of it is because Duncan Maguire has scored a couple of goals. You know, then there's always the the school of thought that you don't lose your you don't lose your position because of an injury. And certainly Urchan has had some problems with injuries the beginning of both seasons that he's been in Orlando. So we we hope that he puts those behind him. He's on the bench now. But I wanted to talk about this a little bit because it's not, I think, just cut as cut and dry as Enrique's not scoring, Maguire is, so Maguire should start. Enrique's doing a lot of things that I think Oscar Pereja likes in terms of the buildup out of the back. He is extremely good at taking those long balls and chesting them exactly right into the path of Ojeda and Torres and Pereira. And I think that that is a way that Oscar has, he wants his team to be able to attack that way this year. And I don't know that Cara or, or McGuire are quite as good at that particular one skill. To me, this looks like a skill that this is the reason they went out and got this kid. I can like, uh, agree with it to an extent. I, I think he definitely brings something different. I'd actually argue that what I see is that he brings a little bit more pace than the other two. Um, you know, Carr's got the long legs, but he's not as quick. Uh, but Enrique, he, he's very, very, very fast. But you also see Duncan McGuire, and I think the thing that he most likely brings is the ability to kind of create on his own. Erkan Carr is looking for service, and we all know that our team hasn't been one that's really sent those balls in at his head or anything. Whereas Duncan McGuire seems to just find himself in the right position and whether it's by luck or a little bit of soccer IQ, the fact that he's getting there, he's putting shots in, um, in the net. So you kind of look at their, their shot numbers, it's eight to six for those two guys. And one of them has two goals on less shots. Um, so I, I kind of chalk that up as to 
to me, thinking that, that Duncan McGuire has got to get the nod, at least for the next couple of games, just in this run of form that he has, um, take the, the hot foot or in this week's, you know, the hot head, uh, for lack of a better word, but give him, give him a go. I think. Dave, do you think that maybe though, and I, I don't disagree with anything that Ryan said, what do you think about the fact that McGuire's coming in and doing this against guys that have been chasing Enrique around for 60, 70 minutes? I mean, how much does that play into it? Is, is a fresh McGuire as good against fresh defenders as a fresh McGuire is against, you know, maybe guys that have been, like I said, just trying to keep track of Torres and Ojeda and Enrique and Angulo the whole night? Um, well, the answer is, is both yes and no. Um, obviously he's not going to be quite as effective if he's out there, uh, when all of those guys are fresh, you know, one of the things that he does bring, he, he, ha- he's not as pacey as, uh, uh, Enrique is, but he's, he's quick. He, um, he's also big and strong and Ryan's right. He has a nose for goal. He has the, I think the soccer IQ to, uh, innate soccer IQ to get himself into the positions he needs to be. So if he was to start, um, it's going to be a little different. Um, you know, Romero's good at spreading or, or, or stretching the defense. Okay. Because of his pace, he's, he's making them take that into, take that speed into account. And I, don't know that McGuire would be able to do that quite as well. However, as we saw in the last match, um, he's not going to get bodied off the ball as easily uh, as Enrique is or Torres or most of them because he is a bigger body. Um, I'm perfectly willing to give him a start and see how it goes. But we've often seen where, you know, the guy coming off the bench with the fresh legs and, um, you know, chasing a game or whatever he he's he's maybe doing things that he's not going to be able to do if he starts and then the other thing is okay so he starts so now you're bringing in who when it's time to pull him off are you bringing in Kara? um he's not really that pacey guy that's gonna you know push for that stuff at the end uh are you bringing enrique and and if you are you know there's just two different skill sets there and I, I tend to agree with you. I think Oscar is liking what he's getting from Enrique to, to start matches. Yeah. Now if Enrique continues to not get, you know, get hit the target with his shots, which he was over three in, in the Minnesota game, I think there is a point where you have to let the young kids sit on the bench and watch others play for a bit. I, I think though, too, it's interesting that we're talking about Enrique versus McGuire and leaving the designated player out of the discussion. I know there are those detractors out there that don't think much of Kara. Uh, I maintain, and I, you can go back and read my story about it. His production when he's getting service is as good as any of the top strikers in the league and, uh, and better than some who are, who are putting up bigger numbers overall because they either have better uh, service or they're playing more minutes because they're, <laughs> they're staying healthy. So uh, we saw a moment of magic from Kara in the, uh, the Champions League. With the overhead kick, we saw that incredible goal against uh, Columbus last year. This is a guy who, if he gets the ball and is able to turn toward goal, he knows what to do with it. He can finish. There's no doubt about Urchankara's ability to finish. He's he's not putting the ball in the upper deck like some of these other attackers. And I think that part of what Orlando did in the offseason in roster building is they went and they made sure they had more guys that could, that could build. I mean, we didn't have Gaston Gonzalez last year. And to be quite frank, 
I didn't think Gaston Gonzalez had a very good start to this season, but in the last half hour of Saturday night's game, we started to see a little sign of what Luis Muzi saw in him, what Oscar Pereja saw in him, what they like about him. And I think that uh, you go and get an Ojeda, another playmaker. You keep Pereira on the roster. So you've got Pereira, you've got Torres, you've got Gonzalez, you've got Ojeda, you've got Angulo. You've got all these guys who can get the ball into positions where Urchon Cara will be. So I don't think we know what that even looks like yet. Yeah, I think uh, there's like a lot of options out there. And it is, like you brought up, funny that you, you, no one's really talking about Carr right now. You're DP International. You know, he's got multiple uh, certificates next to his name there that cost a little extra cash. And and here we are wanting to put uh, either a U22 or a draft pick in there. I think it's interesting, not that we've pushed Carr aside, but almost maybe uh, he's found himself in a role, possibly like a super sub. Or if you start McGuire, um, like I was kind of mentioning, I think you have Enrique who could play the Tesho Akindele role, which is come in and, and run really hard at the end of every match. Um, Tesho wasn't banging in goals and like, you know, well, he was getting some of those uh, late goals, but not, not as many as you would have liked. And I think if Enrique hasn't found the net that often, um, I think that becomes something that he can lend himself more to than like Dave was saying, Carr might be a little slower on the back end. But mm-hmm. I also think uh, Oscar Perea is smart enough to see a game and, and how it's playing out in the end, whether we have to hoof the ball into the box from distance and you put your tall guy up there or you put uh, somebody who's a little quick and whippy um, as, as a different change of pace. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know the solution to find Carr a service and to get our DP back on the field, but Uh, You look at his minutes that he's had, and while it's not a ton, he's not really shown um, much this season, at least for what he can do with it. And yeah, he had some knocks laid on, and maybe he's kind of working back from that, similar to what maybe Gonzalez is as well in his own in his own rights. But um, I don't know. We're not we're not training every day, but clearly something's not happening there either, because you got the big guy who's not found his way back onto the field yet. So. I think when we do see Cara, it will be sixty, seventy fifth minute something. one thing that this regime has done is it really babies people back into the lineup. They, there are a few guys they're They're just, when they're ready to go, they're out there. Roman Janssen is a guy who's like, Oh, can you walk? Okay. You can play. But then there's other guys where it's like, okay, we're going to keep you in bubble wrap for just a few more games. And it's like, Oh yeah, he's day to day. He's fully training. He can go. He's good to go. He's available. And then you don't see him for three weeks. We saw that with Antonio Carlos. So it does happen. Um, I think, when this all shakes out, Enrique ends up being your new Benji Michelle. Um, he's the guy that's going to stretch the defense a little bit. He's going to run, but he's much better hold up play, much better touch than Benji. And uh, we, what we haven't seen though, is him finding the net. And I think like any kid in a new league, it, it will come. It, it's still so early. Some guys come to this country and it takes them, a year to get going. Some guys, it takes them six months. Some guys, it takes them three weeks. Some guys come in and score a goal in their first five games. It's just, you never know what you're going to get, uh, which is takes me back to our first show this week where I said, that's why you want to go out and get that MLS veteran backup. So you at least have one guy, you know exactly what you're going to get from them. You, you know, some of these other guys, you just don't know what you're going to get from night to night. So I think Enrique shakes out as your new Benji, get some starts, get some, you know, time off the bench. And then I think really kind of comes down to form is, is Cara, is Cara able to get in form is does McGuire keep scoring? Cause the next thing for McGuire is this, once he's on film more teams will learn how to defend him. 
then it's on McGuire to take the next step and and overcome that and find new ways to get involved and new ways to to score goals because it's always an adjustment period. As always, if somebody comes into the league and has success right away, then people say, okay, well, let's take a look at what he's doing. What can we do to stop this? They find way. They if you find something that works, every team's going to copycat that until he finds a way around that. So it's there's this little back and forth adjustment period for any new player, and and I think that we're going to see that at some point with Duncan, where you know he goes through two or three games or even more with you know not very many looks at the net, and then he figures out these are the other th- these are the things that I need to do to to uh, to start freeing myself up again. I think, like you said, Carr's got a lot of game film and it makes it hard for him to necessarily uh, open up. Everybody's going to look at anybody's DP, the big guy, and, and shut them down right off the bat. If you got two center backs back there, one person is going to be shadowing uh, all the way off the field to the bathroom if he goes there, you know. <laughs> Whereas you got Duncan McGuire, who's still sorting it out, and Enrique, who hasn't shown himself to be potent enough to need that yet. Um, so I think once McGuire starts really, really finding the net and finding, uh, himself on the ball more often. He's he's quickly going to get covered up as well. Um, so hopefully for our sake, though, uh, it takes teams a little bit longer to figure that out so that we can get a few more goals in there before he starts getting um, wrapped up there. But yeah, I, I agree for sure. The problem that you get when you have depth in the attack is now you've you worry about what who do you sit? Because one of the things I think would be an interesting uh, wrinkle is to play two of those three forwards at the same time. But then you're you're going to sacrifice somebody on the wing, whether it's Gonzalez, whether it's Torres, whether you know, maybe you you take Pereira out of the game. There's different things you can do. You can have a false nine, you can play a four four two. There's a lot of things you can do. But uh, uh the problem is you're a coach, you've got all these pieces, a lot of them are new. You have to figure out what works and what the right chemistry is and what the right balance is. So that's kind of where we're at right now. So it's not surprising that the team hasn't just roared out of the gates, despite having one of the best off seasons in MLS. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, So a few things. Um, I I agree that uh, um, Enrique can end up being the new Benji. um, Albeit, you know, as you mentioned, better touch. um, And uh, hopefully, We'll be able to, I think as soon as he can find the net, um, you know, he'll be able to dial it in. That remains to be seen. Duncan, I'm loving everything that he's doing, but he's also got less than 200 minutes. And yeah, he's got two goals in that time. But, um, you know, as we mentioned, not a lot of tape. And then finally, Urjan, he, he's been injured. I think what'll happen is... He didn't. He made the bench, but didn't make the uh, didn't make any time in the last match. I think we'll see him in the next match once again coming on maybe 60, 70th minute somewhere around there. Let him, you know, get his legs back into the game and whatnot. And then eventually, if not the next game, but the, the game after that, he will get the start. Here's where things are interesting for me as far as the team goes in the season so far. We've talked about on the podcast how. You know, all these guys are still learning each other. Some of the passes haven't been um, that great because they don't know each other yet. But we started to see some of that in the last match where the passes were crisper. They were cleaner. Um, they they seemed to maybe know where they're wanting to go. The build-up play was better. Gonzalez uh, putting the ball in from the left and Angulo, you know, being able to, to be there on the right. That was what created the chances. 
that second goal went over Duncan's head. Does it not go over Kara's head? Does he score that one if he's there instead? Um, my point being is that I think with the the better play and the buildup and the better passing that you're going to get from from the team in the attack is going to create those opportunities for Carr that we haven't seen that has been missing. And I think once he gets back in there, if they're able to give him those service, that service, which we've been begging for, for a year, I think then maybe he shows exactly why they went out and got him and why he is a DP. Yeah, maybe so. I I don't know one thing though. It's I'm glad that none of us three have to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but but we're willing to if they want to call us. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we've uh, yeah we've offered to, uh, you know, at various times take over management of both Pride and City. So I mean, and that that's a standing offer on on their part. Although I don't blame them for sticking with Oscar. Yeah, we're not free though. You're not just going to get free labor out of us. You're going to have to pay. Us. No. Yeah, I mean, you get free, you know, content out of us, but if we actually get to make the decisions, we're going to get paid. Exactly. Well, I think this has been an interesting conversation, and I think that is one that we will continue to monitor as the season goes on. I'm really anxious to see how does Oscar treat this three-headed monster. And, um, you know, we thought it was at the beginning of the season, we thought it might be a four-headed monster with Shaq Muhammad, but he's kind of looks like he's still in development. Uh, so... Right now, it looks like three guys, and all of them are good at some things and maybe not as good at other things. So they're complementary players, and I, I look forward to seeing how Oscar learns how to use his new toys. Absolutely. Ryan Smith, Platinum founder and Mainland staffer, thank you so much for, uh, first of all, for your support of this uh, move to independence. And uh, thank you for contributions to the site, obviously. And thank you so much for coming on and uh, hanging with us for a bit. No worries. Thanks for giving me a call, guys. We'll see ya. All right. Take care. All right, Dave. That was great. It was. And uh, just think, if you're a Platinum founder, you could be doing this. You could be just rapping about Orlando City Soccer with us here. Yeah. It's a good time. It's nice. You know, look, it's certainly some of you are talking back at your radio when listening to us anyway, why not do it in, you know, over a zoom call? Yeah. And we can actually hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's a little more interactive is what we're getting at. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm glad Ryan had some time for us and uh, it was a, it was a good topic and uh, you know, we don't, we're not here to solve Orlando city's problems. We're just here to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll put our, uh, we'll put our two cents a piece out there, but, um, oh, I'm not sure that Oscar's taking uh, tactical advice from us. I can assure you he is not. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, we of course got to get to our, uh, DC United preview, our key matchups, our score predictions. Uh, but we're going to get to all of that after, uh, oh yes. Another guest joins us. Aha. So uh, we'll be back to talk to that guest, our very special guest, right after this. All right. Joining us on the Mainland Podcast, we are very happy to have with us from Orlando City, we've got defender Luca Petrasso. Luca, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. 
So I'm going to start out by asking you about the play from Saturday's game in Minnesota. Uh, this was a off a throw in. The ball comes uh, to the middle of the field and then comes back to you. And uh, you just kind of nonchalantly uh, kick it behind your plant leg with your right foot to uh, Dagger Dan, and he takes it up and gives it to Faku. And, of course, we know the rest of what happened on that play. You get a game-winning goal. Tell me yeah. about that play in particular and what you saw. To be honest, in that play, when, when Dagger gave me the ball on the sideline, I didn't really have much option. I guess the defender was right on me, so I saw him making an overlap behind me, and I just thought, why not go for it? I guess back heel and hopefully it goes through and I guess it did. And then I guess obviously ended up turning into a game winning goal, which was good. So it makes it look a little bit better for the highlight reel, but um, it, it was good to come on, I guess for the last four or five minutes when it was one, one, obviously um, we were definitely trying to go for the, obviously to first and foremost, to get a point if we were going to leave there with a draw, but we ended up getting an opportunity down that, playing with me and, and Dagger and making something happen, which ended up leading to a goal for Duncan. So uh, that was definitely the most important thing was getting the three points away. Well, you bring up an interesting point about, you know, coming on late. Uh, obviously, Oscar went with a, a three-man back line, you know, all three center backs to start the match. And, you know, what what was the thinking in in that? Uh, you know, what did Oscar tell you? What, what was the plan? Um. No, definitely in preseason, obviously, we tried to play with the three in the back with wing backs, and we have definitely some good natural wingers or wing backs with me, Angulo, Gaston, and, and and Mikey, and a bunch of players that can play in that in that way and in that role. So, um, And it was good to have, I guess, all three, three of our starting center backs on the field at the same time, which was important. And I think that was Antonio Carlos's first start this year. So... Um, and it's good to have all three of those guys on the field at once, especially playing at away in Minnesota where they're able to defend long balls and and show their presence in the back. So um, it was definitely to obviously be strong defensively with the five in the back defending, but able to go up and down the field with Gaston and Angulo with their pace and, and, and to create opportunities, just how they saw the first goal when Gaston crossed it across the box and Angulo was there. So wing back to wing back, who definitely created a lot of chances like that. So... Um, hopefully moving forward, we can, we can create more and get more goal scoring opportunities in that formation. Yeah. It looked like the, the team did, um, go out and, and make a conscious effort to get guys who could play different roles and be versatile so that they could play multiple shapes. In fact, when that game winning play happened, the, the start of that, when, when Rodri threw it in, I think you were the most advanced player on the field up at the left side, you were way down almost to the end line. And uh, you you had to I think you came back about thirty five or forty yards or whatever it was when you when you finally took took that pass that uh, that led ultimately to the sequence that scored the goal. So, uh, mm-hmm. what can you tell us about your like what what is the the play in your history that sort of allowed you to play multiple positions, winger or midfield or uh, out at fullback? Um. I think growing up, I was naturally a, a right winger or, or kind of a left winger. Um, on the right wing, I obviously would like to cut in because coming on my left foot. But um, I think slowly in the recent years, I was able to go up and down and have a lot of stamina, a lot of cardio, and fast to go up and down the field. So, and and now in modern day football, it's very much if you're playing as a left back, you're more of an attacking fullback. And uh, players like I looked up to, which are Canadians like Alfonso Davies, who was naturally a left winger, and then move their way back into fullback, but he still is able to go up and down the field. So that's kind of how I want to play. So 
obviously when we're playing in a three in the back of the wing backs, it gives me more of the the freedom to go forward and, and create those opportunities to get up the field. And that's where I I'm, I would say I'm more dangerous when I'm taking players on or getting balls into the box and creating opportunities. So um, anyway, I'm able to help the team and and knowing that obviously the coaching staff and them know that I would do the work to go up and down and and I'm able just to get inside the box and create opportunities and obviously come back defensively and sprint back to help my team in the back line. So and a four in the back and a three in the back. Definitely very comfortable playing in you on that left side. Well, obviously you guys are back in Exploria this weekend. Um, last four matches, uh, two losses at home, two wins on the road. We're back at home. Give us some hope. What's uh, <laughs> how are we going to feel about this? Because we're back at home. We're you know last two have been losses. What's uh, you know? Give me some sunshine. Um, obviously, we want to uh, turn the 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 away games like we do on the road when we win and put that in. Uh, put the same performances that we do at home because obviously at home we definitely have a, a better advantage when play on teams and other teams can come play us in the heat and, and not training in that heat on a, on a weekly basis. We should be able to obviously dominate games and and take the game to them. So hopefully we can do that coming up into this weekend and next weekend as well, where we have another home game um, against LA Galaxy. So if we can go back to back this week and, and put on a strong performance and kind of take what we did against Minnesota and obviously take what we did against Philadelphia away, which are two tough teams to play um, away from home and, and put in those performances at home. Um, that, that would definitely be the, the big, the big game plan for us. So hopefully we can do that this weekend. Luca, how do you keep that, you know, that early form in perspective and, and keep it from building into something that's maybe a little bit concerning or um that that you know raises the stress level or, or makes makes it so that uh, you're thinking about it like it should be a natural thing where you're not thinking about it uh coming and playing at home but um you, what is it that you do personally to uh to sort of keep the stress level down and, and keep the pressure from mounting and, and and just to keep it in perspective that it's only been a few games at home and you, you got a lot of new pieces uh playing together you know it, it's still early days yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, we have a lot of new guys in the team, and we're still trying to build that that chemistry and gel with each other. And um, obviously, with uh, throughout the the beginning of the season, where we had Champions League and we had a lot of games midweek, um, we were balancing out and and trying a bunch of things in the lineup and and rotating the squad a, a lot. So now that uh, we can go into that weekly basis of just one game a week, we can start to build that strong chemistry and that strong foundation of training four to five days a week. And playing that game on the weekend um whereas before it was a lot of just training and recovery and preparing for a game so now that uh obviously we had a, a good week off a good week to train now going into our home game which is very important for us knowing that obviously we played dc already away and we know how they play and and how we can uh use our qualities and use our our chemistry and our team foundation to to go against them at home and the way we played against them away at their stadium to grab a point was fantastic so now we can bring that game to them at home and and hopefully come out with three points. So I try as well myself and not put too much pressure on myself. Um, last year, obviously, I put a lot of pressure on myself playing at home for my hometown club in Toronto. So now, uh, now when my parents and my family come and watch me, I try and uh, to be a little bit more calm and relaxed when they get the chance to come and watch. So uh, I just try and enjoy myself out there. And and our team has a a good foundation, a good energy of of young players and. And we're always listening to 
getting ourselves ready for the game and not trying to put too much pressure on before the game. And when we go into the into the field, it's kind of just to have fun and exp- and express ourselves and what we do in during the week of training and hopefully put that out into the game with the field. Well, I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, DC. Um, what uh, what is it that you guys are hoping to exploit uh, on their side to to come away with those three points? Um, I'll say DC. Usually, um, from watching them and from when they played against us last, um, either can play with the back five as well. So obviously, we can match them with the back five and with our wing backs. We're able to go up and down and. Um, they have a, obviously a, a former player on the team, Ruan, that plays at right wing back or right back. Um, but we have a lot of creativity up front that we we could use definitely. Um, obviously, we know they have a big striker up front, Benteke, which is very good at holding the ball up and very strong in the air. Um, but we have a lot of fast and creative players up front, and I think that we can take advantage of that to getting in behind and, and using that. And players like Angulo, Facundo, Torres, especially at home when the energy is with us. And, and we can create that energy around the stadium where we're able to get in behind, create scoring opportunities. Um, I think we can definitely use that to our advantage, especially on the flanks with our wing backs. So I think we could be a good game to get ball into the box and hopefully get some more goal scoring opportunities. Luca, I'm glad you brought up Juan. Uh, when you are playing against a player that, I mean, you're not a slow runner, but when you play against somebody like Juan, how do you get that advantage like what what steps do you take to make sure that this guy's not going to get by me um uh definitely you kind of you don't want to get too tight because if you get too tight takes the touch by you and he's gone and obviously he's been playing in the league for quite a bit now and i played against him last year uh, when he was on orlando and i was with toronto so i played against him uh twice and he's definitely very fast he likes to go up and down the field but um so definitely a uh someone that you don't want to give too much time. And and um, obviously the coaching staff knows him very well, so he gives us pointers on how, how to maintain a player like that and how to defend or how to get use your attacking qualities to get in behind him. So, um, But I think with our players and me and other players in that position on the wing backs, both sides, we have, we, we have a lot of pace that we can match them and match him especially. So I'm not too worried about the pace-wise. Right. I don't think, I don't think I'm too slow either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's, uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Man's going to go up against the flash and his confidence. So, you know, <laughs> there, there you go. Um, well, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the, the, the heat, how, uh, how are you adapting to that as a, uh, as a Canadian, uh, how, how is Orlando's, uh, um, uh, humidity been treating you? Um, definitely, definitely feeling it for sure. You know, in training sessions, I'd be coming out like soaked, my, my jersey, my shorts, everything. Like after, I guess, a few, a few runs or sprints, you definitely start to feel it. Um, definitely different than when I was used to in, in Canada or now in Canada, like it's still cold and it's still like you're going out to training with pants and a hoodie and a sweater and hats and gloves and you're able to run all day in the cold, but in the heat, it's it's definitely a, a big playing factor. So I guess a lot of the boys in the coaching staff have told me, wait till you get to around June, July, where it's like like crazy humidity and and it's like training sessions where like you you struggle to breathe and you kind of just have to get through it. But um, definitely, what I think about it is it's definitely a more of an advantage for us as a team and advantage for us as players, where you can build that extra fitness and the extra cardio and. And you just feel more fit and ready to go when you go on match day when players or teams that haven't played in that kind of 
scenario or that kind of atmosphere or that that climate and they come here and they definitely start to feel it after the 60th or the 65th minute where we can have guys that come on as fresh legs or or we're able to withstand that climate and, and continue to push on and, and take take teams and take the game to our level and, and put games on them so um i'm definitely getting used to it and obviously definitely enjoying it where I'm not going home and, and freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it now because in August, not so much, not so much enjoying. Um, but yeah, and it doesn't get better in October. You would think it would, but it just doesn't get better in October. Um, Luca, before we let you go, a couple last questions here. Um, one, we have a question from one of our founders, uh, founding members who uh, helped us make the transition from uh, an SB Nation website to our an independent website. And uh, this comes to us from Daniel Phillips. He was one of our, mm-hmm. our gold, um, gold level founders. And he would like to know, uh, what is your favorite in-game situation, specifically the type of moment during a game that you look forward to the most? My favorite in-game situation, um, I would say when definitely when we're playing at home and it's either either like to be honest this year when we were up one nil against new york red bulls and we were trying to close out a game and that was the first game of the season where i was putting all energy into closing that game only getting a clean sheet and as a defender that's the most important thing is trying to get that clean sheet especially when you're going into like the last 15 10 minutes of the game and it's one nil or two nil um but definitely um in game situation i would definitely like a if it's a battle, if it's a one-one, or we're chasing a goal and we need to get a goal, and I like to get up the field and create a scoring opportunity or get the crowd on their feet. Um, definitely in the Tigris game where we were chasing a goal and we were down, but the the crowd and the atmosphere was was definitely with us. And obviously, it was a big game that night and a big game for the club's history and for me individually playing in my um, first ever Champions League appearances. So in those kind of big game moments, um, it's definitely what I like to play for. And I think the more the more you're nervous about a game or the more attention you have towards the game, the more you really want it that bad. So um, definitely in those close games where it's 1-1, you're chasing a goal, or if you're up 1-0 and you want to keep that clean sheet, um, it's definitely important for me as a defender and obviously as an attacker to try and help the team get a win or get a opportunity. All right. Um, I'm not going to ask you who concerns you the most on DC United. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to flip that around and ask you, who should DC United be most concerned about when they face Orlando City this weekend? Which player are you asking me? Or yeah, which yeah. player? Uh, which players? Um, for me, I think um, I think Enrique is definitely looking to get a goal. And I think he's very, he really wants that badly and he's working hard and he runs all game. And that's what you want as a striker. The work that he does off the ball is insane. So I hope that he can get a goal. Definitely. Um, but definitely, uh, obviously, everybody is on the, the Duncan train where he comes off the bench or he starts. He gives his full energy and he gets in the right spots. Um, so definitely him. He's always looking to, to get in front of goal. And um, definitely him, Enrique. And uh, I think Facundo Torres will have a big game this weekend where he can show his qualities that he's shown last year and uh, with the team and, and how good of a player he is. Hope he can bring uh, what he's doing this year during the season and how he, how he's helping our team and he can just bring that that final product where you can put the ball in the back and then score a couple goals and cut in. And that left foot is unbelievable. So hopefully we can see that this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I'm it. glad you brought that up. I did a, did a, we did a little video breakdown of that goal and what, what Faku 
um, contributed to that goal was it goes beyond just the cross. It was the, it was the whole exactly. play. And um, I'm glad you brought that up. By the way, Daniel Phillips also said uh, he wanted me to pass along that that was an exquisite bit of skill during the goal buildup in the loons game. So uh, uh, a little kudos from, from Daniel. And also uh final question. What does a Luca Petrasso goal celebration look like? What can we expect? <laughs> Um, I know I'm still waiting to score my first goal in, in the MLS. I had a couple of assists, but um, I don't know. I think I've actually thought about this a couple of times where <laughs> if my family or somebody is in the stand, I definitely probably point to my family. Um, uh, obviously, because I'm, I'm here now living alone. So when they definitely come and watch me, I obviously think about that or getting assists or getting a goal for them would be would be nice. Uh, but I've always dreamt about doing a, a knee slide in, in, a, in a wet field. So <laughs> hopefully it's a, if it's a game-winning goal, it, it might be a knee slide and take the shirt off and throw it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I have to ask that because we have so many flippers on this uh, in the team history. So many guys do backflips. Uh, and... <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. Even um, I think I saw Salim do it when he scored it for OCB. Like, he sure did. I never, I never seen him do a flip at all ever in training or for those first three months of preseason. And then he goes and does a flip like it's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's a big guy. (laughs) I know. I know. It's crazy. He and Duncan, both pretty big guys doing flips out there. So yeah, you you probably want to get your own thing. You probably don't want to go up against that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Luca Petrasso from Orlando City. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck on Saturday against DC United and all season long. Yes, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Dave, we are back. Big thanks to Orlando City's Luca Petrasso for coming on and uh, talking to us a little bit and uh, giving us the giving us the scoop on that awesome play against Minnesota along the sideline. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it's it's always nice to hear you know from the guys who are involved uh cuz you know we can watch it but it's it's something else you know they're obviously seeing it differently than we than we are when we're watching it uh from the stands or on the TV. So that was that was really cool. Very very cool. Big thanks to Luca, big thanks to Rob Hildreth and Jackie Maynard at the uh the Orlando City Communications Department for helping us set that up. Thank you so much. All right, Dave, Orlando City is going to welcome D.C. United to Exploria Stadium Saturday night, and it is the final meeting with D.C. United, unless they meet in the U.S. Open Cup. No, thank goodness. Or the playoffs. Yeah. But it is the last scheduled meeting at this point. Uh, We are are very excited to get D.C. out of the way. Yes, we are. Damn you, Wayne Rooney. 7.30 p.m. Exploria Stadium. The teams drew in D.C. earlier this season. One thing we do know for sure, uh, you cannot leave Chris Durkin open because he won't score against anyone else, but my goodness, he will put in an inch-perfect shot against Pedro Galese's goal. Yeah, because of course. Oh, God. It's, it's, and they're so annoying. Very, very annoying. All right. So DC United, uh, of course, when you're talking about them, Christian Benteke has three goals on the season to lead his team. Uh, Mm -hmm. You've got to watch out for Mateus Klisch. And he's got uh, two assists 
and a goal. And of course, you got to watch out for Chris Durkin because he's got one goal. Yeah, but it was a really bad one for Orlando City. Yeah, it was a screamer in the 80th minute, I believe. And uh, it took points away from your Lions. So not happy with that. Not happy with people. Will Trapp did that too Went back in the Columbus mm-hmm. days. It's like yep. just don't have your once in a lifetime shot against our team. Can you just please? Yeah. Somebody else, anybody else, you know, we, there, there are guys that we expect that could be the difference in games. We don't expect it to be somebody just playing so far over their heads that their nose bleeds. Yeah. I mean, look, taxi Fontas. Okay, fine. Sure. But not those other guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course they've got a really good group of attacking players. Talked about a couple of them already. Benteke, Klish, uh, they have got, uh, I'm going to probably, I'm going to try to get through this name without stumbling. Theodore Pietro. I think I did it. Wow. That was, that was really good. Pretty good, uh, player there. And also, uh, you mentioned taxi Fountas. So, uh, he's a guy who's played four games and uh, started three. The, uh, you know, DC United is not off to a great start. The Benteke uh, is the real danger man. He's uh, he's leading everybody in shots with 22. Taxi is second with 14. Both of them have put eight of their shots on target. So Taxi's a little bit more dialed into where the net is. Uh, but Benteke is uh, he's got a he's got that pedigree, that EPL pedigree, and he uh, is always a threat. And he's uh, just a load. He's hard to control. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um there's a reason why he's their number one threat and it, it, you know, size and strength and accuracy. It's, it's, it's all there. And that's, that's where you really hope that Orlando city's back line is able to deal with them. Yeah. Now we, we already know that they've got some fullbacks that can get up and down the pitch. Uh, one of them used to play for Orlando. That's Juan, who mm-hmm. uh, appears to have at least in some respects, discovered how to cross since getting to dc yeah which is also annoying very Um, very annoying but yeah well we saw in that first match between the two clubs um you know he actually did put a couple of crosses in that were not good you know some were not good there were a couple good ones but there were some that were not good yeah it's like he started out he had two good ones and then he just he remembered that he was Ruan, and then he was like oh i've got to stop doing that which that was good yeah. uh for orlando city uh hopefully we'll see the the Ruan that we know uh rather than the one that surprised us at the beginning of the last match yeah well the flash will play well i'm sure back in Exploria stadium uh they also are you know they've got some talent in the back uh tyler miller mm-hmm. uh has, has been one of the you know better goalkeepers in the league uh, they've got, you know, Russell Knaus is a, is a defensive midfielder. That's very strong. Uh, you've got, um, uh, Beerenbaum. Beerenbaum, Yeah. He's a guy who you got to watch out for. I mean, they've got talent really all over the place. So why are they not playing well? Why are they not getting results? I can only assume it's because Wayne Rooney only knows how to beat o- Orlando city and, and, and hasn't figured the rest of the league out yet. Uh, that makes the most sense. And, and you know what, maybe it, what it was is that, uh, you know, he didn't beat them last time. It was a draw and that really threw him off. Um, he, so. he hasn't recovered since then. Yeah. So DC right now sitting in the Eastern conference 
in 11th place at eight points. That's just three points behind Orlando City. Uh, one win and four loss. I'm sorry, two wins, four losses, two draws. So uh, one of those draws against Orlando City, obviously. Uh, DC has played um, eight matches, which so Orlando has a game in hand on DC. Uh, Orlando is in seventh place with 11 points, three, two, and two. Uh, if you look at them from a scoring perspective, Orlando City had not done a lot of scoring, but two goals against Minnesota against a stingy defense gives one hope. So seven goals for and seven goals against Orlando, a dead even goal differential. DC has scored just one more goal than Orlando in one more game, eight. Uh, and DC has conceded 12 times for a minus four goal differential. So not Orlando, but other teams have found ways to score goals against DC. Yes. Uh, once again, we get back to annoying. Um, uh, this is a, a match that obviously going to be at home back in Exploria, which normally you would say yes, but uh, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, the last two wins were both away. Um and of course, the, you know, the result against DC earlier was away. So um, it could be a good thing if they, you know, remember that you're supposed to win games at home. Uh, if they continue for them, then it might not be a good thing. And then there's always the damn Rooney factor. Yeah. Maybe they should wear their white kits. That's not a bad idea. 2-0 and 1 on the road. Orlando is 1-2 and 1 at home. But if you're looking for a bright side, DC is 1-2 and 1 on the road. So they have the same record. Orlando at home and DC on the road both are 1-2 and 1. And so maybe that will kind of cancel each other out. I think this is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. And um I'm not really sure what to expect because if you look at the players on the two teams and you go player by player I think the whole, the sum of Orlando City is a better sum than DC United, but DC United has some individuals that can make things happen too. We we have obviously seen what Taxi Fountas can do. Yes, way too many times. I think it's pronounced Funtas. I don't care. (laughs) I like it. I like the disrespect, Dave. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, he uh, what respect has he shown us? So no, 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 and you know, big time, you know, big time listener to the podcast, obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah, you're yeah. giving him bullet bulletin board material. Yeah, <laughs> yes, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, we need to have key matchups and your score predictions. So. Uh, what happens on Saturday night in Exploria Stadium, Orlando City against DC? How do you see it unfolding? All right, I like you said. Um, I think this is going to be a it's going to be a tough match. Um, I anticipate a physical match. Um, very good possibility that uh, Janssen gets a yellow card. Um, you know, just because he's uh, back there having to deal with Fontes uh, and Benteke, and it's. That that's where the matchup is. It's it's Orlando City's defense against uh, DC's offense, uh, in particular uh, Benteke. But um, uh, how well, uh, you know, what formation are we going to see? I mean, are we going to see that three across the back line again? You know, are we going to go back to a, a four man back line with with 
um, some fullbacks. I, I, I don't know. And that's what, you know, makes it a little bit uh, iffy, but I still think it's going to be that defense, that defensive effort. Obviously, Cesar Araujo is going to be a big, big player in that as well. So that's where I think the game is decided. Um, as far as score, damn, if it went for that damn Rooney factor, um, I might feel a little bit more confident, but I'm also supposed to be more negative this year anyway. <laughs> I'm going to say 1-1 one, one draw, um, which is what happened the last time the two teams met. And... Um, you know, I, I I hope I'm I hope I'm proven wrong, and Orlando City, you know, beats the snot out of them. That would be super cool. Super, super cool. cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think that you're probably right, but since you said it, I'm going to go the other direction just so we have some variety. Sure. I'm going to say, can Orlando do a little bit better offensively than last time? I think that the the pieces are more together now than they were, but how is Oscar going to deploy them? You brought up a good point. We don't know what the shape will be. We talked about striker position. Who's going to start? Who's going to be the, the guy? Are we going to stick with Ramiro Enrique and then bring Duncan or Akara or both off the bench? That is a good question. We don't know, but I think that's part of it. It's, it's can Facundo Torres finally start getting goal contributions? Can Ojeda pick back up on getting his? Um, those are, are key factors for me. Can this team break through the DC defense? Can, can they beat the goalkeeper at home, score goals at home? Because that seems to be right now a big mental hurdle is to, to get the ball in the net in their own building. So that's my key matchup. All right. And your score prediction? You know, it's hard to imagine beating Wayne Rooney uh, because they just don't do it. Uh, yeah. Everyone else seems to, but not Orlando. Um, so I'm going to say I'm going to be positive about the attacking growth that the team showed in the last half hour against a good Minnesota team, a good Minnesota defense, especially. And I'm going to say that helps to get a point in a 2-2 draw. All right. There you have it. Yeah, Benteke is a, a load. I think it's going to be really difficult on uh, they can't be giving up a lot of uh, set pieces around mm -hmm. the box because he's so tough in the air. And uh, one thing that's good is the last time these teams played, there was no Antonio Carlos in the lineup. So he could be a difference maker for, uh, for your particular key matchup. Absolutely. Hopefully he will be. All right, Dave, anything else you want to add before we get on out of here? No, man, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, every match is, you know, more soccer, better soccer. So, um, I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right. Big thanks to our guests, Luca Petrasso of Orlando city. And of course our very own Ryan Smith, a platinum founder who came mm -hmm. on and, and got his hosting opportunity out of the way. That is going to do it for episode three thirty seven of the mainland podcast. We appreciate listening. Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, review this podcast, share it with your friends. And of course, follow us on Twitter at the mainland and follow Dave at mainland. Dave, follow me at mainland. Michael read our stuff at the mainland.com an independent website. Uh, we will be back next week, obviously to talk about the uh, Orlando city DC United game. We'll have to talk a little bit about 
the uh, the young lions of OCB, Dave. They are mm-hmm. hosting the pigeons of New York City FC two. So all of that coming your way next week, and of course, uh, we'll be getting ready for a big visit from the LA Galaxy. Oh yeah, that time of the that time where we get to uh, do that uh, West Coast thing. Yeah, we get to sit and count all the designated players. It's more than three, isn't it? It's always more than three. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will see you. The only thing left to do is to say, Go City! <laughs>